0: I guess Patricia's going to have phone trouble. We're going to call her in a little while, so bet we got a call. Hello there, you on the air? Yeah, hi,
1: well, it's Ralph. How you
0: doing? Good Ralph! Good Ralph! I got Patricia's having a little phone issue, so we'll call her back in a half hour. But anyway, how you doing, by the way? Oh, we're
1: doing good over good. here, thank you. Good! Good! uh... uh... A broken windshield for some reason. I guess a stone hit it or something. Oh,
0: good grief! How in the world did that happened? You have any ideas?
1: Uh, Tony thought she heard something uh, a couple of nights ago. It was right, crack. and uh, there was no sign of it. Then in the next morning, a crack appeared. So it must it must have got fractured somehow.
0: I remember when my grandmother passed away in 1982. That night. Somebody broke a window of a car, so I guess it does happen. And uh, my yep. bre- my brother was driving home from work, and it was like an inner, you know, one of those uh, off the freeway. Something fell off and broke the back of his window. So you just never know.
1: Yeah, no, you know, you know, and, uh, our, our windshield had a lot of little uh, little nicks in it, mm-hmm. little dings, you know. Yeah. And frankly, okay. I'm glad to see it go, because the, the new one's beautiful.
0: <laughs> how long did it take him to put it in? Did it take one day? How, long, how big of a job was it?
1: Well, one fellow has this shop down in ready. Right. He did it in, like, 30 minutes.
0: Holy cats.
1: I mean, he really he really did it good, uh, fast. I hope it's as good as it was quick. <laughs>
0: And hopefully, and hopefully the insurance when picked the it up. Weather changed. and hopefully the insurance picked it up.
1: Yeah, well, I had a on my comprehensive. I had a hundred deductibles, so uh, it cost me a hundred bucks. Okay,
0: we came up with that.
1: Not too bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, good grief. So how's the weather? Is it hot and humid were you are? It's hot and humid down here? was it?
1: Uh, uh, it's cool off up here compared to a week or so ago. Uh huh. And uh I don't know, I think it's pretty pleasant right now.
0: That's good. That's good. So so you and Tony gonna do anything here the next week or two? You gonna get the boat out or anything, or just pretty much gonna be
1: it's doubtful because there's not not a lot of water, you know.
0: Do you guys get any rain over that one storm we had uh, about a
1: week ago? Oh yeah, we had a thunderstorm up here. I was sitting up on the second floor here looking out the window, I saw this lightning flash come straight down. And it just missed my neighbor's house. It blew out his television, oh, his goodness. computer, uh, his telephone. Everything got fried. And we lost a little television, a little Internet service mm-hmm. for a very short period of time. But I came back. Yeah,
0: I think he had to replace his
1: TV and his
0: computer. Oh, oh, man. Not good. Oh, man. So what's new on the chicken report, if Patricia like to know? She's probably listening to us. So what? what's new with them?
1: Oh, you know about the baby, right? Yeah, I heard that. I saw that email. Oh, we got a picture of the, the little chick sitting on the mama's back. <laughs> it was really cute. So... And the little chick is growing and doing very well. I have the, I have her and the mama isolated from the other chick. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the little chick does not shut up. <laughs> chirp, 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 chirp,
0: chirp. <laughs> so, are you feeding it worms? Or what, do you fe- what do you feed? What do you feed little chicken?
1: Oh, just chicken feed.
0: Okay, okay, that's good enough for everybody.
1: We buy it at the feed store. Wow. wow. That's it's the preparation, you know. So you don't have to really uh, mix anything. You just you just put it in there for them, and by golly, they sure eat it. Wow. Good. And we we had a. I don't. Uh, you know, when the when the, the the mother chicken is brooding the egg, she almost completely stops eating. Huh. And and uh, she stops laying eggs also.
0: I guess she's tired.
1: I guess so <laughs> now she I, I see that she uh she has the chick. She is eating now.
0: So have you learned a lot about chicken by raising them this time? I know you did as a kid, but that, ha, is it have there been some new things you learned about doing it? Well, I, I learned
1: you know. I, I hesitated to get chickens because for some reason it seemed to me like it was going to be rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> and it isn't. You know, it's it's pretty pretty simple and straightforward. You, you keep them clean and dry, and yeah. you, you feed them well. And, uh...
0: Well, did you consider another animal, or was it going to be chickens all the way?
1: Oh, I think we have enough animals. Okay. We have two uh, two wonderful uh, Labrador Retrievers, and I think that's, that with the chickens is just about enough.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Tony, Tony wants to have a chicken naming contest. <laughs>
0: so we get, do we all get to put a bid in? How, how are we going to run the contest?
1: Absolutely. We don't exclude anybody. Okay. My, my grandson, uh, among other things, uh, suggested Caitlin Jenner.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think so.
0: So anybody out there got a name for uh, for the new chicken in the family? Uh,
1: we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, yeah. but and, it's definitely a chicken.
0: Now, how long how long the contest going to run, Ralph? How long can we promote this?
1: Well, I think we better give it a little time so we can figure out what it
0: is. Okay, so what, a month? What do you think we need? A month? Two months? Three months? Or what? Or will get you? You'll get announced that you'll announce that that's it.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, before the, uh, the sex of the chicken is really apparent, I think it'll be a couple of months. Okay. I'm, I'm sure somebody out there knows how to. How to figure that
0: out. So if you have a name for a boy and a girl chicken, you can email both to Patricia at FloridaWriter at Hotmail.com and she'll forward them to Ralph. And Ralph can declare the winner here in a couple of months of the chicken naming
1: contest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I got, we have too much time on our
0: hands. Oh, I think it's a great idea. And the winner gets to have a picture of the chicken. You know, that we we can email them the picture of the chicken, right, Ralph?
1: Tony had in mind, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the
1: sign, signed with the chicken's footprint on it and everything. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But no money.
0: No, no, no. We'll get we'll 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 we'll, we'll send a picture of the chicken via email.
1: Yeah, Tony. Uh. Tony barely gives me any money. <laughs>
0: Oh well, they, you know, the allowance is all tight right now at the house. What can I say?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I think we've all had to pull in a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I don't know. So what's Patricia's phone?
0: Well, yeah, we'll, we'll try again. So let me put a little music. So stand by, Ralph. We'll see if Patricia's phone is working. Wait a minute. Let me do this. Um,
1: pay, the pay the bill. bill.
0: I, 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 I wish he could. Wait, hold on, we're going to play this. You and I will see if we we'll go this way, so stand by, everybody. And Ralph and I will be back. Hey, everybody, we, we brought Patricia via the old fashioned phone line because I want her to talk to Ralph. So, you're there, right, right. Patricia? You want to say hi? You want to say why you've be, you been missing?
2: Are you there? Hi, you uh, you yeah, sound, sound good. For another click. This is terrible. I really swear it's not me. It's not my fault. It's It's got to be something else. Anyway, thank you for talking about the chicken name contest. <laughs> now, if we, if we come up with Something like Leslie or Sydney. Now, that can go on either side. If it's a little boy or a little girl, it would work. Yeah, but don't you think it'd be fair
0: that we often let everybody have a boy and a girl name they can submit both of them to to you? That would be fun. That way, Ralph and and Tony can vote in the house.
1: I know the the chicken won't mind, no matter what we name it. (laughs)
2: I guess not. You
0: know, puppies don't mind that either. Um, could, how about uh, could we just name it Colonel Sanders? No, that probably would not work, right? <laughs> well, I, <laughs>
2: my, they might object to that. <laughs> they might object to that one. Could I could I say one bad word? It's not really. Well, wait a
0: minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do 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 we want to have a show next week, Patricia? Oh, it's
2: it's not that bad.
0: Okay, so Bill Bag won't won't mind if you say it.
2: I don't I don't think so because it's associated with a story.
0: Okay. All right.
2: Had had this little kitten, you know, my little feral kitten. Yeah. She'd sit in the palm of my hand when I got her and she was a terror from five weeks. She thought her name was dammit. Because no oh. matter where I turned, I said, Damn it, get out of there. Damn it, stop chewing on the wires. The poor little cat thought her name was dammit. it. Well,
1: I can understand that. So what oh, when my uh, grandson and his wife were up here, uh, I guess it was a week ago on the weekend, uh, we went over to a neighbor's house because he has a, uh, he has a pistol range on his property. And my grandson is a federal officer and he likes to shoot. So we went over there. In the meantime, the guy had a whole bunch of kittens over there. So they took one home with them. And uh, its name is Lewis for Lewiston. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: cute, and it's a boy cat.
1: Some, yeah, somebody dropped off this poor little cat that was going to have babies.
2: Oh, people do that. People have no conscience when it comes to stuff. I say people, that's a terrible oh, okay. thing to say. Some people ought to be ashamed of themselves.
1: I, oh, I agree with you. It was but uh, luckily they, they dropped it off at the right place, and my yeah. and his wife, you know, were feeding it and taking care of them, so. Oh, but, dear. yeah, it's, people have them for a pet, and they don't have them fixed, and they have babies, they throw them away.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. What was your favorite pet growing up, Ralph? Did you have a favorite dog or a favorite cat or anything you would- up well, the I, I
1: always had dogs. Uh, I, you know, we've had probably nine or ten dogs since we're married. And we've only had two cats. But the, the last cat we had, he was a character. If you're working out in the yard, he would come over and sit and watch you. And he would bring birds home. And all he brought a snake Luckily, it was a harmless snake. Yeah, but, uh, we're really dog people. Well,
0: can't, but you had a couple of cats, so you at least evened out the score.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if I could find another cat like the last guy we had, I would most likely bring it home. He was he was a very good cat. You know, where we live, uh we don't have a cat box. You open the door and you let the cat out. And <laughs> you come back when it's done. You...
2: I simplifies stuff. <laughs> yeah, it
1: makes it makes life a lot easier. I I can't stand the smell of cat boxes.
2: I'll keep that in mind.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So, does your doggy have a doggy box, or you let him stick out there and do your thing, and come back when you're ready?
1: Good. Oh yeah, we can let them out the door, and they run out and do what they're gonna do, and come back. We, we you know, we got a fairly good sized piece of land here. Yeah. And. Both of them, the Labrador Retrievers, and they, they are just—they're just the finest dogs that ever lived. They—they—they they, they, they won't leave the property. They—they'll chase deer, and they chase the deer. I don't know how they know where it is, but they chase him to the pro- property line. And once <laughs> they're off the property, they stop.
0: Okay, they know where the property line. They read the map, I guess.
1: I guess it must have a surveyor's map or something. uh, The two dogs we have now are as good or better than any dogs we ever had. We've had some real nice ones, you know.
0: So what breed are the dogs? Names? No, the breed. What?
1: What? Oh, they're they're both chocolate labs. Okay. And they're, they're this. I'm so smart. It's hard. It's hard to say anything, they, because they understand everything you say.
2: Yeah.
1: If I would, even sometimes when I spell the O U T word, they get excited.
2: <laughs> oh gee.
1: That's true.
2: That's funny.
1: And the younger guy, he he follows me around. He stays like one step behind me. He watches every move I make. He's never been trained to heal, but he does it naturally. Mm. And I, I, you know, I've had people comment, oh, he's well-trained. He's not well-trained. He's smart.
2: And your answer is, yes, I am.
1: Oh, yeah. I trained him <laughs> yeah, myself.
0: So did you ever train any of your dogs to do things, right, go get the paper or go get a stick? Did you ever train any of your
1: well, I've had I've had quite a few dogs that were retrievers,
0: uh-huh.
1: and you know they just retrieve by instinct. I had a, I had a uh, a wonderful Irish setter, and he, you know, he, if you threw a stick, he would go get it, but he wouldn't bring it back to you. He'd bring <laughs> it back to me. i telling you. I was always, I don't know, they're just amazing pets, I really, uh, I really like dogs. I can tell. Oh? Do yeah. you still have that kitten, Patricia?
2: No, I had to find a home for her. I've only got a little apartment, I mean really, a little apartment, and, um... She and I just, I mean, it was just too small for her. She was nothing but energy from morning to night. Yeah, they,
1: they are something else. Yeah. So. We're having an uh, influx of squirrels over here.
2: Oh, gee.
1: We have a bird feeder that's up on a pole, you know, up a,
2: mm-hmm. a
1: narrow metal pole and it hangs there. And the squirrel's climbing up the pole. And, and bridging across, grabbing a hold of a bird feeder, and then hanging there and eating. Oh
2: my gosh!
1: So today I, I greased the pole. I
2: was just going to ask. I you, you grease the doorknob for your poor boss. Why wouldn't you grease the pole?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I this week we I went to the fair and uh, Thursday, thinking of squirrels. This is, uh, we had a chef talk about crops and food from California, and I did not realize it, that that. California, it's the nut capital of the world,
1: basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I had that impression when I walked around the streets.
0: <laughs> For example, we are the nut capital of the walnuts. Eighty-five percent of the world's walnuts come from here.
2: Really? I think you're up there with almonds as well.
0: Also, 99% of all cashew nuts are from California.
2: I did not know that. Um, but- w-
0: one-third, no, yeah, let I me mean, it? Two thirds of all fruits are from California in the United States. One huh. third of all vegetables are from the United States.
1: Huh. I, I and, that.
0: and with the dairy capital, we have 21 percent of all the dairy products are from the United from California.
2: You're going to have a lot of people in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> <Without that one. laughs>
0: You know, I was just thinking when, when, when Ralph was talking about squirrels, you know, we think about nuts, nuts and squirrels or stuff
2: yeah.
1: like that there. Yeah. Yeah, well, we must have a, a mama squirrel uh, uh, who uh, delivered a lot of babies this <laughs> year. Uh, we've got four or five, maybe six, I don't know. I'm thinking of trapping them and uh, relocating them
0: you going to move them next door? you going to move them to the neighborhood?
1: I, I would take them up by the lake and set them free up there. Uh, they'd be very happy there, I'm sure. But
0: they'd be fighting with the
1: beavers, right? Well, you know, we do have beavers, and, and there's some otters up at the lake, too.
2: Well, the otters are fun, river otters. They are so cool.
1: Well, most of the bo- most of the boat owners that keep their boats in the water
2: mm-hmm.
1: are anti-otter.
2: I, I would think they probably are. <laughs> they get up and they chew
1: your seats. and. Oh, not
2: oh they can be such rascals.
1: Yeah, they, they really are. Yeah.
2: They're funny. Uh, but
1: I, I, I think that they're protected. I don't think you're supposed to do them in.
2: I would think that would be correct, yeah.
1: Uh, You know, all the otters, uh, you see them, uh, uh, documentaries about otters and the way they slide up and down in the snow and Mm -hmm. very playful little critters.
2: They are. They are. They do the same thing on riverbanks. They love mud. So Well, Ralph, it is always such fun to talk with you, and we will remind people periodically that the chicken naming contest is on. We need a boy name and a girl name because you don't know which one is going to apply, mm-hmm. and you can send your votes to lauridawriter at hotmail.com.
0: And I want to get, a, uh, get the photo of the chicken via email. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, oh, we'll send them an 8x10 glossy. All
0: right, Autograph, right? You and Tony will autograph it.
1: Oh, no, we'll put the chickens autograph. There you go. Chicken, chicken, chicken scratches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. i was glad I got through when I did, because I'm just about ready to give up.
0: Well, I'm glad you got in, Ralph. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy. and i grabbed Patricia's phone worked for a change so we got her to bring her into the conversation so it all worked out
2: you're trying to call me and i didn't answer yeah i know what happened well when the one phone died so did the ringer After yeah the ringer turned off the- yeah oh wow
0: so that's why i figured i better, d- better. drop it you know what? i didn't i dropped it and went there and stuff like that there
2: and stuff oh i wow. uh,
1: stuff definitely, yeah
2: Oh, well.
1: All right, listen, so, I'll get out of your hair, and I'll try and call you next week.
2: All right, Ralph, okay, be good. Ralph, thank you for calling.
1: Okay, good night. Good
2: night. Bye. I'm so messed up with my phones that it's, it's a good thing for tonight.
0: Well, I guess so. Now, right now, we can't take any calls because Patric- I put Tristan on the studio line, so I thought this would be a good time to actually play a Fibber, McGee, and Molly Christmas show. Oh, that would be cool. That way... Last
2: Christmas night in July.
0: Yeah, but we can always stretch it into August, September, October, November. They're going to play Christmas Good. music.
2: And the station is doing it hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I got thinking what to play, and I, I think I have them on the computer one of Patricia's favorites. Uh, these, I'm going to look for it. December 16, 1941, where February brings a Christmas tree home, and it starts oh, to me fun yeah oh
2: that's a fun one so
0: that's the one I want to go get and then after that we'll bring Patricia and via Skype and we can take calls so
2: okay I will go put me in the charger and listen to the show
0: all right have fun okay.
2: bye all right everybody and we're gonna put Patricia down
0: and she do that and she loves the music huh for that
3: The Johnson Wax Program with Bibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Bibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by Martha Tilton and the King's Men, and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with the National Emblem March. <laughs> Gentlemen, I heard an officer of the Red Cross speak last night. He was asking for money. He said, in part, that it was customary these days to preface any request for help with an apology, but that he wasn't making any apology. Neither are we. The Red Cross needs $50 million, urgently and immediately. Now, for 130 million people, that's the price of a few cigars or a lipstick. The Red Cross is always ready to help in times of war and disaster. And from now on, the demands upon them will be great. But we are a great nation. So let's give till it hurts. 79 Wistful Vista is not one to squander a buck and a quarter for a Christmas tree when he can drive out to the woods and chop down his own. No, sir. And here, driving up to the house, frostbitten but triumphant, we find that lumberjack who saves Jack on his lumber, Fibber of Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> got
4: get them brakes fixed. Boy, am I cold. Well, come on, Christmas tree. Come to Papa. You got a new home. Oh.
5: Oh. McGee, you're getting snow all over the hall. Why didn't you stamp your feet?
4: Why should I stamp my feet? I ain't mad at anybody. Besides, they're so cold, I'm just walking from memory.
5: Oh. (laughs) Here you poor lad. Let me take your coat and your mittens. Thanks, Molly.
4: Hey, take a gander at that tree, will you? Ain't she a whopper?
5: Heavenly days, it certainly is. Yeah,
4: it was the pick of the whole wood, Molly. I had to fight off 20 other guys to get it, too. They all wanted it.
5: Oh. Did you actually fight for it, dearie?
4: Oh, it didn't come down to an actual brawl, no. One guy ups to me and says, that's my tree, shorty. And I says, yeah, I says, tossing my hatchet up in the air and catching it by the handle. Try <laughs> <laughs> and get it, I says. You don't need this tree for last Christmas, I says. And he says, what do you mean, last Christmas? Well, I says, sinister-like, advancing toward him with a nasty look. You lay a blade on that balsam bud, and last Christmas was your last Christmas. (laughs) Ah, good for you, McGee.
5: Did he go away then?
4: No. He started swinging his axe at me. (laughs) And just then I noticed that this tree Which was a little farther along And was even bigger and better (laughs) Oh, yeah So I just sneered and walked away Double time
5: Well, it certainly is a big one what do we do with it after Christmas? Follow it out and make a canoe?
4: Shucks now, Molly, just because What took you so
5: long to get it home? You know, you've been gone six hours
4: Well, I had a blowout on the way back And had to stop and buy a new second-hand tire Cost me seven bucks
5: Where's the hatchet?
4: I lost it in the snow. I know just where it is, and next spring when the snow melts, I'll get... Oh, my gosh.
5: What's that? Oh, it's that window in the dining room. I opened it because it was so hot in here, and it won't stay open.
4: No. Well, I'll fix it when I get time. By the way, what time is it?
5: It's after four. Why? Where's your wristwatch?
4: Well, I took it off to chop this tree down and forgot all about it. Uh (laughs) Then when I went back to look for it, it had snowed some more and covered it up.
5: Well, that's fine. A $30 wristwatch a $2 hatchet, and a $7 tie. $39 for a 98-cent Christmas tree.
4: Oh, happy Yuletide. Well, I didn't want one of those measly little moth eaten shrubs they're selling downtown. When I want a tree, I want a tree, not a bouquet. Come in.
5: Hello, Mayor Latrivia.
4: Uh, Good day, Mrs. McGee.
3: I say, McGee. Yes? About that job you wanted in the city hall. I'm still working on it, but I'll have to have a little information.
5: Well, tell the nice mayor what he wants to know, dearie.
3: Okay. Dig me, (laughs) (laughs) Latrivia. Well, first, can you dominate people? Can you let the ones in that you really want to see and shut the rest out? Absolutely. Another thing, McGee, can you stand it physically? To be mauled by crowds of people all asking you questions. Can you ignore the whispers behind your back? Can you give orders
4: in a loud tone of authority? Boy, can I. Listen to this, Triv. All right, folks. As captain of the detective force of Whistle Vista, I order you to make way there. Stand back, everybody. The oh, police... Oh, uh,
3: <clears throat> this wouldn't be a police job, McGee. Oh. But one of the elevator operators has just been drafted, and I've suggested you. <laughs> uh, I'll
4: let you know later. Good day. Good day. Why, that small-minded, boat-grabbing, baby-kissing... Now,
5: <laughs> now, no. no, no. Oh, Never no. mind that now. Say, uh, uh, where should we place this cream again? I don't
4: know. Where do you think?
5: Well, offhand, dearie, I'd say it was a toss-up between the Grand Canyon and Death Valley. <laughs>
4: well, shucks, I told you I gotta trim it down a little. Get me a hatchet, will you?
5: The hatchet, dear boy, according to your official communique... Yeah. <laughs> Is at present sleeping its edge off under a snowdrift 18 miles north of town.
4: Yeah, well, we got a saw, haven't we? Not a very good one. It's all bent. Who bent it? You did. Huh?
5: After you saw that vaudeville act at the Bijou last uh, October, you tried to play phony boy on it, remember? <laughs>
4: well, I guess it'll still work. Say, hey, it's awful hot in here. Yes, it
5: is. I'll open that dining room window again. Okay. The thermostat on the furnace is off
4: board, and I've got to get a- <sighs> Boy, am I tired. Ah, but what a treat. Why, this will give us enough kindling wood for all summer. Except that we don't need any kindling wood in the summer.
5: <laughs> Say, McGee, I just thought of something. What's that? This tree is so big, our little ornaments are going to look awful silly on it. Yeah, I never
4: thought of that. I better order a bigger assortment of ornaments. Now, hand me the phone, will you? Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the wistful, Mr. novelty and day. Oh, oh, is that you, Mert?
6: <laughs>
4: How's every little thing, Mert? Huh? Who? Your niece. Somebody grabbed her and kissed her during the blackout. Oh,
5: ho, 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 heavenly days, McGee. Does she know who it was?
4: She'll recognize him when she sees him. He'll have lipstick all over his face, neck, and shirt front.
5: <laughs> From just one kiss?
4: What do you mean, one kiss? That blackout lasted three hours. <laughs> what say, Mert? Okay, I'll call him later. Hey, did you get me the saw, Molly?
5: Here it is, Jimmy. Now, don't get sawdust all over my floor.
4: Why not? It'll make Uncle Dennis feel at home. <laughs> See, I guess I better take a couple of feet off of the bottom first.
5: Yes, and trim out a hundred or so branches. Tarzan or somebody might be hiding in there. Who? Tarzan. Who? I said Tarzan. Who? Oh, stop it, McGee. That's I not didn't say
4: anything. Talk. You said Tarzan. Who?
5: Tarzan. Who are you shouting at? Who? Who? Uh, who? Hey, what's the? McGee, it's an owl. He's in that tree. Huh? Look, up on the fourth branch. Oh my!
4: God. Oh my gosh! Take the tree, Molly. Open the door and we'll chew him out. Ooh. You!
6: <laughs>
4: Come on, get out of that, you big buzzard. Go on, scram.
5: Hey. Take it harder, McGee. There he goes. Take him, Molly. Take him this way. Put out, put out, put out to the table.
4: Ooh.
5: Head him toward the door, Molly. Wave your hand, I it. am waving my hand. Chew, scat, go away, birdie. Ooh. He won't even look at me, McGee. Well,
4: don't see good in the daytime.
5: Ooh. Well, what do you expect me to do, buy him some glasses? <laughs> hey, Ooh, there
7: he goes. Go on, beat it.
5: Well, thank goodness. Those things give me the creep. <laughs>
4: me too. Though I will say it was decent of him to back up my judgment.
5: What are you talking about?
4: Well, owls are wise birds, and we both picked out the same tree. <laughs> Don't you get it, Molly? I said owls hey, are...
5: funny, McGee. okay,
4: okay. <laughs> But I've been hooted at enough for one day. Hand me the saw again. Thanks. Hello
7: there, daughter. How's about? Hey, what you got there, Johnny? Christmas
5: tree? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) We buy our firewood on the hook, Mr. Oldtimer.
4: What's on your mind besides that Daniel Boone cap, Oldtimer? Just wanted to know
7: if you could come out and play. Some of us kids are building a snow fort in that bacon lot up on the corner. Having a peck of fun. (laughs) No, thank you. We've got work to do,
5: Mr. Oldtimer. I'm afraid you left a romp in the snow without us.
7: Oh, gee, kids, come on. <laughs> we wanted to choose up sides and play yanks and japs. Only nobody wants to be a jap. <laughs> well, we haven't got time to play now, Oldtimer. i got to trim this tree before... Then you got a corncob pipe we can have, Johnny. I built a big snowman, and I want to put a pipe in his mouth. Oh, give
4: him a cigarette. Yeah, and put a sign on him. Something new has been added.
7: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. Oh, the way I heard it. Hey, what was that? Oh, it's just the dining
5: room window, Mr. Oldtimer. <laughs> <laughs> it won't stay open. Hey? who? well, mm.
7: the way I heard it, <laughs> one feller says, Telefeller, <laughs> he says, Why does Hitler make all his speeches from a beer garden? Well, says Telefeller. That's so when he starts foaming at the mouth, nobody will notice it.
3: Martha Tilton sings, Thank Your Lucky Stars and Stripes.
8: If you live right, if you get... At night, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. If you feel free, if there's sugar in your tea, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. Steam heat and ham and eggs and hay rides and cider kegs if you like. The good old Yankee way so, say so. If you can sing and believe in anything, You can thank your lucky stars and stripes Do you like it here? Don't you think this country is swell? Do you want to cheer? Ring the liberty bell life is gay, if there's fun on Dollar Day, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. If you can joke and enjoy an artichoke, you can thank your lucky stars and stripes. Dime stores and bobby pins and hot dogs and Mickey Fins, if you like the way we go about it it if you can sing and believe in anything you can thank your lucky stars,
6: and stars. oh
7: they
8: cut down
4: the old pine
9: tree
7: And they hauled
9: it away to the mill to make a nice Christmas tree just for Molly and me. For
5: goodness sakes, do you have to sing with your sawing?
4: No, I don't have to, but it helps. Hey, how does it look now, Molly? beginning to shape up pretty good, eh?
5: Yes, if you like that shape. (laughs) Pretty lopsided.
4: It is? Where? Oh, oh, yeah. Sure. Well, I can trim that side off a little more. It's a good thing I got a big tree to start with, you know what?
5: Well, listen now, try and be a little quieter. Uncle Dennis is upstairs taking a nap.
4: That guy's always taking a nap. And I just found out why he wanted that old brass bed brought down from the attic, too. Why? Well, I peeked in on him the other morning, and there he was, sound asleep, with one foot on the brass footrail and a happy smile on his pretty little face.
5: (laughs) Now, now, let's not start on poor Uncle Dennis Uh, again. He's a gentleman and a scholar.
4: He ought to be a scholar. He's had more teachers than anybody I ever knew. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, I cut down the old pine tree and I hauled it away
5: in my car. McGee, uh, there's somebody at the door. Who? I don't know. Let me see. Oh, it's Mrs. Uppington.
4: Oh, not thee, Mrs. Uppington. The choicest crumb in our upper crust.
5: Yes. And wearing a hat that was made in a hurry by a cross-eyed milliner wearing boxing gloves. <laughs> Come in, Abigail, darling my dear, and
4: Mr. McGee. Hi, Uppy.
5: Please excuse the mess in here, Abigail. McGee is trimming the Christmas tree. Oh, how
9: fascinating. I simply adore the scent of freshly cut lumber, really. It's so invigorating and so, so outdoorsy, you might say.
4: Yeah, I'm, (laughs) I might say that if I carried my handkerchief in my sleeve.
5: (laughs) Say, I didn't know you were such a lover of the great open spaces, Abigail.
9: Oh, my dear. I used to simply spend all my time at my hunting lodge in
4: Maine. Roughing <laughs> it, you know.
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ever hunt any? Moose?
6: McGee. <laughs>
5: Watch your commas, dearie. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, did you, Huppy?
5: Oh, no,
9: no, I was never much of a nimrod, Mr. McGee. Oh. <laughs> we called it a hunting lodge because
4: we were always hunting a course for bridge. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but you really ran wild up there, Uppy. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Don't pay any attention to him, Abigail. You know, he thinks he's a great woodsman because he shot a bear in Alaska last summer.
4: Well, that was something. If you ever walked through a dark forest with, with the feeling that something, something was creeping up on you, ready to pounce any minute, and suddenly... Wow!
7: Help!
5: He got me! Shoot him! Take it easy, Maggie. Huh? Take it easy. It's just the window in the dining room. <laughs> it won't stay open, Abigail. But, say, where did you get that hat? I haven't been able to take my eyes
4: off it. Oh, do you like it, my dear? He didn't say that. <laughs> just says she couldn't take her eyes off. It. <laughs> I
5: tell you, it's just darling, Abigail. Oh, I'm so glad.
9: That's exactly why I dropped over today, my dear. To see if you liked it. <laughs> uh,
4: do you, Miss McGee? Well, confidentially, Abby, since I'm a plain-spoken man, I think it's the worst monstrosity ever placed on a human head. Oh. It would make a Zulu medicine man swallow his spear.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
9: oh, it. I'm a success. What? I just said to myself, if Mister McGee likes it, I will simply have to give it to my cook. That man has less taste than a nightclub salad. Thank you, Mister <laughs> McGee. Goodbye.
4: Why, that old flounder.
6: <laughs>
5: so I
4: haven't got any taste, haven't I? Not
5: in half, dearie. When it comes to fashions, you'd better just do one thing. What's that? Saw wood.
4: Huh? Oh. Okay. I got needles galore sprinkled over the floor in the shade of the old pine tree.
6: It's
4: the, hey, Molly. Molly. How she look
6: now? Well, it looks
5: better, McGee. At yeah. least we can get in the same room with it. <laughs> now, if you'll trim some more off the far side there.
3: Okay, I'll... Oh, hi, Harlow. Hello, Bibber. Hello, Molly. Hello,
5: Mr. Wilcox. Won't you come in and get some sawdust all over your clothes?
3: <laughs>
4: Say, what goes on here, anyway? I went out and cut down my own Christmas tree, Harlow, and now I've got to shorten the sleeves on it a little.
3: <laughs> well, you sure got the room in a mess, pal. You've got enough loose branches around here
4: to bed down a rhinoceros.
3: Well, lie down, and we'll try to make you comfortable. <laughs>
6: Very
5: funny, McGee. But what can we do for you, Mr. Wilcox?
3: Well, it's like this, Molly. I'm a little worried about the greeting cards I ordered this year. I'm afraid the sentiment is a little too flowery.
5: Well, read one to us, Mr. Wilcox. Though, personally, I don't think a greeting card could be too flowery.
4: Why, certainly not. Let them drip, I always says. Well, read the blurb, Waxy. (laughs) All right, it reads, The season's greetings to you, my Fran,
3: from the Johnson Self-Polishing Glow Coat Man. Oh. I hope that in 1942 and 43 and 44 and 45 and 46, you'll remember all those little tricks <laughs> I showed you about saving time and dough by using glow coat on your flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: On your flow. Well, shut my mouth on it, child.
5: <laughs> You shut it, dearie. Continue, Mr. Wilcox.
3: How it saves your linoleum and keeps it clean with a lovely gloss and a dandy sheen. Eliminates rubbing and buffing, too, and in 20 minutes or less, you're through. Just pour some out and spread it around and let it dry, and then you've found the color and pattern have come to life. And so have you, your husband's wife.
7: <laughs> oh, that's
6: <laughs>
4: your husband's wife, <laughs> if that ain't the corny. Hey, what's that noise? That was Longfellow turning over,
6: Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it was the
5: dining room window falling down again, but go ahead, Mr. Wilcox.
3: Well, there isn't much more, Fine. but it goes the best of wishes I send to you from me and S.C. Johnson & Son Incorporated, too. Well, what do you think of it? Okay, okay. I'll get something else. <laughs>
4: Naive character, isn't he, Molly?
5: How naive?
4: Oh, I was talking to him one day and he looks all around to see if anybody was listening and then whispers to me that Santa Claus didn't really live at the North Pole. He said he really lived in Racine, Wisconsin.
5: (laughs) Say, that tree's getting awfully small, McGee. Better not trim it much more. Uh,
4: I know, but I decided that it would look a lot better up on the piano.
5: Well, that'll be nice. Yes. Then it'll be out of the way. Yeah,
4: that's right.
5: I'll go out and fix that dining room window. Okay.
4: Here. Oh, I cut down the old pine tree Because the ones at the store were not free I told the man at the store There's a knock at the door I wonder who that
5: could be. Come in. Oh,
6: hello,
5: Mr. Wimple. Hello,
10: Mrs. McGee. How are you today, Mr. McGee? There's a fiddle and ready to play humor
4: Wimple. Shrimp, what's it with you?
10: I just dropped in to say goodbye for a couple of weeks ago. Oh. I'm spending the holidays in Chicago with Mama and Papa. Oh. Is your wife going with you,
5: Mr. Wimple?
10: Who, sweetie, say?
4: Uh-huh. No, she has to stay here and knit. Knit? Can't she knit on the train?
10: Not so good, Mister McGee. Oh. She broke three ribs wrestling with a policeman, and the doctor says she'll knit much better at home.
5: Well, what on earth was she doing wrestling with a policeman?
10: Oh, she is the instructor at the police gymnasium, Mrs. McGee. The whole force is just crazy and study with her. At least I think they are. <laughs>
4: I'll bet you'll miss her, Wimple.
10: How much?
5: How much will you miss her?
10: No. How much will you bet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I shouldn't say that. i suppose. Sweetie Face is really a wonderful woman at heart, if any, and I doubt
6: <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
10: Well, we'll call on her while you're gone, Wimple, and see if there's anything we can do.
5: Yes, we might take her some fruit or something.
10: Oh, I wouldn't advise it, Mrs. McGee. Last time Sweetie Face was sick, some people took her some flowers and she threw them in their faces. Oh,
4: don't she like flowers?
10: Yes. She loves flowers, but she hates people. Well, goodbye, folks, and Merry Christmas. And you.
3: The King's Men sing Coming Through the ride.
6: If a body meet a body Come and through the night. If a body gives a body, need a body cry. Every laddie has a lassie, may they, they say they I need a body coming through the ride. If a body cares, a body need a body cry. Now everyone must have a loving lassie, but they say that the lassies always pass me by. Yet all the girls, they smile at me
10: Coming through the rye
7: If a body needs a body Coming through the rye
10: If a body kiss a body The body cries Every little laddie has a body, little
6: lassie But may they say, hey, ay, Yes, all we lads and lassies Get together in the heather when we're coming But we're a coming through the rye
4: Sumpeter, what are you sounding now? McGee, haven't you got
5: that prefix yet? No, but it won't be long
4: now, Molly. Anyway, I hope not. This saw is getting duller than a bus trip to Bloomington.
5: (laughs) Well, is it still awfully hot in here, McGee?
4: You're asking the wrong man, Mrs. McGee. I'd be hot right now if I was up to my clavicle in ice cubes. This is a warm work.
5: Well, (laughs) I hate to keep that dining room window open, but the thermostat on the furnace simply won't work. Hey... Have you been monkeying with that, McGee? Who, me? Yes, you. With the thermostat?
4: Yes. Why should I have been monkeying with the thermostat?
5: That's what I want to know.
4: Heck, I don't know anything about a thermostat. I know that, too, but did you monkey with it?
5: (laughs) When? Anytime.
4: Well, say, I did kind of tinker with it last night at that.
5: Uh Oh, Uh now it comes out. And just what did you do to it, mastermind?
6: (laughs)
4: Well, I was walking past it with a screwdriver in my hand, and the screwdriver caught in one of the little screws, and the first thing I knew, I had it all apart. (laughs) Wonderful little gadget, too.
5: McGee, I don't know what I'm going to do with you.
4: That's a coincidence, Molly. I don't know what I'm going to do with this little dingus I took out of it, either. I couldn't find any way to get it back in there.
5: Well, why didn't you tell me so I could call the furnace man?
4: Oh, I was going to fix it myself when I got time. I'm pretty ingenious with mechanical stuff. You know that.
5: Oh, sure. What happened when you fixed my percolator? What do you mean? It throws coffee across the room like a fire extinguisher. <laughs> and my electric toaster. Oh, well. I have to fix breakfast wearing a catcher's mitt.
4: <laughs> oh, well. No machine is perfect. As soon as I finish with this tree, I'll fix it. Stop a while and listen to my... Well, you keyboard. go
5: ahead and I'll uh, go open that dining room
4: with you. Okay. Just... Oh, for the. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi,
5: sis.
11: What you doing? I'm watching.
4: Sis, I'm currently engaged in giving this deposed monarch of the forest a cross-cut massage. Oh, well, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I says I'm doing a little whittling on this Christmas tree. Look, do you always drink your milk like a good girl?
11: Sure I do,
4: I bet you. Why? Well, you better, that's all. <laughs> Take a look at this saw. <laughs> Only three years old, and its teeth are all shot.
11: <laughs> Let that be
4: a lesson to you. Okay, mister. Now, I wish you wouldn't bother me anymore now. I've got to finish this job and get the sawdust swept out.
11: Gee, you know it smells dandy in here. Sure does. Mm-hmm. No
4: nicer smell in the world than a cedar tree. It's one of nature's lures to get us out into the great outdoors.
11: Gee, is it honest, mister?
4: Sure it is. got to realize, sis, that there's a reason for everything in nature.
11: Oh. What's nature's reason for spinach, huh?
4: <laughs> Why, sis, do you mean to stand there with your little arms sticking out of your shoulders and tell me you don't know that?
11: Yes, I don't, I bet you.
4: Nature gave us spinach so we could have Popeye.
11: Oh. yeah! I guess I never thought of that, mister. Nature is wonderful, isn't he? She. Hmm?
4: Nature, sis, is always referred to as she. Why? Well, because... Oh, boy, here's my chance to make Reader's Digest.
6: <laughs> sis,
4: nature is called she because it's so inconsistent, unstable, unpredictable... Beautiful, mean, gorgeous, appealing, nasty, and nobody yet has ever understood her.
6: Do <laughs> you
11: think the Reader's Digest would like that?
4: Well, don't you?
11: The name of the magazine, mister, is Digest, not Heartburn. So long now.
4: <laughs> That's the last time I ever try to explain something to her, if I'm smart. Oh, okay. Uh oh. Aha! Now we're getting someplace. Now to cut her down on the sides, I'll trim the ends a little bit. Let's get her off there.
6: there. Oh
5: heavenly days! There goes that window again. You don't have
4: to worry about it anymore, Molly. Here, here's a nice stick I made for you to prop it up with.
5: Oh fine, dear, it's just the thing. Yeah. Thank you.
4: Oh forget it. It's nothing that any red blooded American boy could have do. Say it was done.
5: very thoughtful of you, now, <laughs> McGee. Say,
4: yeah? What
5: became of the Christmas
6: tree?
4: That's it. <laughs> Got her trimmed down a little too fine. <laughs> well, that's that, I guess. Now to go to work on that thermostat. No, no, don't do it. Folks, day after day and night after night on this program and others for the past two weeks, you've heard urgent requests to buy defense bonds and defense stamps. It's getting a little repetitious, isn't it? Well, it's going to get more repetitious. We're going to say it again, and often, and loud. This is not an invitation to a tea party or a bingo game. This is war, and we've got to do something about it. It's going to cost a lot of money to win it, but it would cost a lot more than mere money to lose it. Now, don't wait for somebody to come to your door selling bonds and stamps. Get down to your bank or post office and lay it on the line. This isn't the other fellow's fight, it's it's yours and mine. So here it is again. Buy defense bonds and defense stamps.
5: Yes, and if you live in Canada, buy war saving certificates or victory bonds. Good night. Good night, all.
3: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. This is Chicago WMAQ.
12: Windows is ready, Bill Bragg, and call. Skype Trademark 20, Cynthia, Tim K, Frank Brett, Patricia Hewitt, Bill Bragg, John Venom, G- unread messages, John Hall. unread messages, William, William, Larry Gast, plus one eight, Patricia Hewitt, Bill Bragg, plus one, unread messages, Michael unread messages mad rock all skype plus one five plus one and an alabak adri adenelle plus one plus one all skype unread messages mad rock unread messages michael plus one four patricia lewitt bill bragg plus one eight larry gaston williams unread messages william unread messages john Alst ben omer john gabb patricia lewitt bill bragg frank Rest tim k cynthia Larry Gap, Patricia Hewitt, phone number, favorite, 21 of 180, application, send SF, invite the enter, leaving menus, contacts, Patricia, unloading job, apps OK, enter.
2: I'm here. You are? That's are amazing. you there?
0: That's amazing that you're there.
2: I'm here. Hi, hi there. Between me and Live365, you're getting a challenge tonight. <laughs> That's Hello. okay.
0: That's why I'm here. You know, I'm supposed oh, to be... good to
2: know you're there. I'm
0: supposed to be talented to do all that, you know.
2: You are so talented. Nah,
0: oh, I guess fake everybody out. Hello there. You're on there. air.
2: Merry Christmas, y'all. Holy cat. Oh, well, Merry Christmas, Harwood in North Carolina. How are you? We haven't heard from you forever.
13: Here.
2: That is good news. Yes, it is. I'll bet I figured that one out.
0: Well, it took we weekend deduction and which we did
2: watching. Sure. Out there, you know. Sure, my dear Watson. How are you doing?
13: Oh, well, pretty fair, I guess. Been worse. I, last time I heard anything out of you, though, you weren't doing too good.
2: I'm, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm doing fine. Thank uh, you. I very, I wish better, but I'm stuck with what I've got. Well, I'm the same boat over there, but
13: I thought about you many times, and just I don't know how it seemed to able to get around to calling.
2: Well, we've been cutting out a little bit early, and – Sometimes you're the morning coffee gang.
13: Well, so we're gone
2: when you make your coffee.
13: Well, a few times that I have heard you, you were lining it up, and yeah, that, that left yeah. me out, so that I've been pooping out
2: four and a half hours, and I and I
13: poop. Well, I understand that too. I have the same problem during the day. <laughs>
2: We're on the same page of Poop Out.
13: Yeah, I think so. Oh,
2: well, it really is good to hear from you. Tell me what's going on up there. I guess the last time we talked to you you,
0: you, you spent a whole night in emergency, if I remember right, Harwood. That's
13: right. Almost. Yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, that got cleared up finally, and, well, I'm, I'm doing all right, I guess. We've been having a lot of stuff to sew and pretty busy with that. It just runs us both down before the day is over, but I guess that's the way it goes. I'm, we're glad to have the work, though. I'm not complaining about it. It's just wish we could get more done every day. Yeah.
0: And What kind of work project have you been working on? Anything interesting, or has it just been uh, typical uh, stuff?
13: I, I have all kind of things I'm always doing, trying to improve uh, things. and make things easier and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff but what i was really talking about was that um we've had a lot of stuff to sew that um you know barbara sews the, the stuff and all and we've got one customer that's been buying a lot more of what we make for him than he has for a good while and we uh, we just having a problem keeping up he's behind so he's after us all the time too get more and, you know, it's just uh, um, not good at you. You run down before the day is over, but we're doing pretty fair with it. Just kind of run you ragging. Most of what we make for him is, and I think I may have mentioned it to you before, I I don't know. Um, He makes these barriers that work like a a window shade except they pull out horizontal instead of vertical and they're mounted on the on the side of a passenger at a loading dock or whatever it may be and um you pull this thing out and to, to block the access for people's not supposed to be going through there and we make them from most of them are Roughly 13 feet long. Some go up as much as I think the longest one we've made out of this stuff is like 25 feet long. Um, They're more of a hassle than the 13 footers, but you know you have to do what you want. Yeah. But most of what we make is is 13 footers. But we do the the fabric stuff. Uh, it's a yellow screen mesh type material, and we have to sew a two-inch wide ribbon on top and bottom on both sides, and these have um, black and yellow stripes on them, and then we put a a pocket on the end out of vinyl that you put a pipe through that allows you to, to, to pull.
0: do you decide what to charge? You get based upon an hourly rate? at that sort of, I mean, every. Everything... Oh, gener-
13: generally, yes. Yeah. With these, we've done so many of them. Um, let's say, you know, most of what he gets is 13 feet. Well, if he walks in, he wants 15 feet or 20 feet. Right. Um, I pretty much have just narrowed it down so much per foot. Okay. That it doesn't get so complicated when he changes length, because you're doing the same thing to all of them now. We put stays across about all of them now, which we didn't used to do. But it's a fiberglass strip sewn in a pocket to stiffen the thing, so it'll stand up uh, vertically when it's pulled out, it it doesn't want to sag as bad. And like a 13-footer, he just started putting stays in those uh, two, three months ago. But the uh, 20, 25 foot and so forth, they have to have at least three in them. So, you know, we just charge so much per foot plus um, like $15 each for the, the stays that go across them. And if we put them in when we first make it, it's a lot simpler than having to go back and modify
0: Yeah.
13: It, it takes a lot longer to modify than to yeah. start with.
0: Well, see, like you do.
13: Pretty tight worked out for him. Now, other jobs and all, you, you, about all you can do is go by time.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Cause, I mean, if somebody comes up with a, a, an idea that you really don't know until you do one, that got to be the hardest thing to bid for, bid on, really.
13: It is. It's almost impossible because you, you get something that, well, gosh, this can't take very long. There's no way. And uh, four hours later, you're still messing with it. Right. Uh, things seem a lot simpler than than they turn out to be most of the time. But these, we've been making these for several years now and we've worked a whole heap of the bugs out of it. I've made fixtures to go on a sewing machine to improve things and make it easier and all this kind of stuff and um, I can cut them now where Barbara used to have to do that and that mm-hmm. was very time consuming because we'd have to Pull it off the roll and she'd have to mark it. And we'd have to put a four foot square across it and mark it. And she'd have to run back and forth around the table and cut it and all this kind of stuff. And we'd roll it up. And all of that's gone now. Um, We have an electric cutting knife, which we had then, but it wasn't practical to do this. But they make these things that have tracks on them that you can mount on the table and that knife will follow the track well you're talking you know roughly four to six thousand dollars one of these things which we didn't have so I made my own track and attached that to the table in front of the roll of material and now and of course I marked the table to make it even faster you know where we want to cut them and I can cut all the panels myself except the longer ones. Uh, We only got a 16-foot table, so once I get past that, uh, it kind of takes two people to help measure, but anything less than that, I can cut myself, and my time's not very valuable, so uh, I can do this any time, whether she's down there or not, Mm -hmm. and I cut them and roll them up, and then when she comes, we start sewing them. So things like that have have improved things drastically over when he first started buying these things.
2: I use the formula. Whatever I think it's going to take, add fifty percent. Yeah. It comes out pretty pretty right.
13: Yeah. But you know it's awful hard when somebody comes in with something and wants a price for you to do it, and I don't blame them because I feel the same way. You can get had real quick, but. Course, that shoe fits on the other foot too. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can get had when you underprice something. Yeah.
2: But, um, uh, the add ad 50% has always worked for me, but I don't deal in product. I deal in intangible. Yeah. And it's strictly time uh, with no materials. So. So, never mind. Don't take my advice.
13: You, you get you get back to the deal that if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it.
2: That's right.
13: <laughs> so anyway, it's it's all worked out pretty good. It's just you know our main problem is we can't do what we used to do. And um, I'm a morning person. I get up early and go and go and go and go and this stuff I have that runs you down. But you know by five or six o'clock. I'm about ready to fall out,, mm-hmm. well, Barbara can't get up in the morning. I mean she's lucky to get get to sewing by anywhere from eleven to two, uh, one o'clock. Well, now we've got two problems i've worn out I'm worn out by eleven o'clock, so it's uh that doesn't help matters when you wind up with you know four or five hours to to sew. But we're doing with it, and I, I guess that's what counts.
2: Well, the problem is you don't sleep long enough.
13: Well, I'm, I'm sure you're right. That that doesn't help either, but, <laughs> you know, when you got two people. Well, that's my
2: only solution. I mean, I'm, I'm a night person who doesn't do mornings well, and I have a t-shirt that says, I do not do mornings, and it's got a moose on it. Um, okay. It's, I think it's more difficult for a night person to try to wrench himself into a daytime schedule than it is for a daytime person to wrench in the other direction, I think.
13: Uh, I would be partially inclined to agree with you, however. See, my problem, I used to stay up a lot at night, too. Man, I would, I would get on the radio, and I would still be there at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. But I can't do that anymore. This is my thing, Gravis just takes everything you've got out of you. And by, well, depending on what I've done during the day, by five, six, seven o'clock, I'm staggering like I'm drunk. I can't hardly stand up. I just, and if I stop, man, you can, if I sit down and stop, you can forget it. I mean, I'm done. I cannot get up. I can't go. I can't do anything after that. Mm-hmm. Well, Barbara, Barbara can stay up, you know, till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, Then she don't want to get up in the morning.
0: Could you do a Winston Churchill and take a, a, an afternoon nap? I do what, Walden? Do a Winston Churchill and take a nap in the afternoon.
13: Oh, well, we do that sometime, too. Yeah. She gets started earlier than usual, and we still have to get something out. Uh, uh, that's about the only solution you can, can do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I'm I'm so glad we've got the work. Yeah. Nobody's buying towers anymore, let me tell you, or or nothing related, really. And uh, I'm not doing anything in my business, and all intents and purposes, it's dead. I'm here every day, but nobody's buying. So, you know. When did you
0: see that start? When did that trend start to happen?
13: uh, It started just a few years ago. Uh huh. But the two way radio industry is dead in the ditch. About the only people buying stuff like that anymore and, and towers and all for business purposes is it is just essentially gone. Municipalities use it uh, and things like that, you know, government agencies or whatever.
0: Any idea what, ha- what why it went away?
13: Oh, yeah. Uh, the cell phone was the first problem. The next one was your. your um, um, iPhones, uh, Blackberries, things of mm-hmm. that nature. Right. Um, companies started using things like that, just texting it in from information to their service people. Uh, they don't know how big a mistake they made, but they did it, and that's the way it is. Um, but but they just don't use radios anymore. So if you don't use radios, you don't need towers. So that's kind of how that deal works. But. Uh-huh the thing is when they were using radios they had a dispatcher and everything that was said the dispatcher heard it well then when they got cell phones um especially even worse when the company started paying for them and all the service people had phones instead of radios then the dispatcher hears nothing so uh. Gotta get done with a job. Hey, hey Joe, uh, how about meet me over at McDonald's in about fifteen minutes? Dispatchers don't know nothing about that, so they go sit over at McDonald's two or three hours. Um, We've been in in restaurants. We'd go in to eat, and a whole group of service people sitting around a table just having a big time and eating, drinking coffee, and all this kind of stuff. We got through and left. They were still there during the during the time period when I'm going to call on his cell phone. Oh, well, this job's taking a little longer than we thought. Uh, we ought to be out here in another 30 minutes or an hour. We'll be through. I'll I'll give you a call. We'll get done. They weren't working. They were killing time. I know Sears had a big deal here at a local restaurant. It looked like a um, Sears Service Center parking lot. All their trucks parked this place, and uh I don't know who turned them in or what, but, man, they threw a fit over that and told him they had to be working, not killing time. But they, the whole crowd was going to a restaurant just killing time. And this stuff didn't happen as much with, with two-way radio. Now, one alternative they got now is if the company has GPS tracking on their vehicles. Now, this puts a stop to that stuff. But it can get expensive, and um, most a lot of companies don't have that capability, so they can't call the guy up and said, uh, "You know, why are you taking so long here? Oh, we ran in trouble." And I, well, why has your truck been parked at at McDonald's for the last hour and a half? <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know. We needed reinforcement." <laughs>
0: Well, I think they can track cell phones through GPS, too. Well, they so. can,
13: but, see, the average person or company can't do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
13: But, see, they, with these GPS traffic, tracking deals now, and they have them on their vehicles, uh, the dispatcher back at the office can sit there and watch his computer, and he can see every one of those vehicles, where it is, the speed they're going, uh, the time, the whole bit, and he knows where they are. So, companies that can afford stuff like this, uh, uh, that's pretty much put a stop to it, but it still hasn't helped as far as towers are concerned because they don't need them. But that's the way technology goes, it, it helps. But everything's got its problems, I guess.
0: Well, everything's shifting. Let's put it this way we are in such a dynamic shift in our, in our whole system right now, we're all trying to figure out what's going to be the next move I'm trying to be two feet ahead of it, basically.
13: Uh, I'm curious, I'm sure uh, Larry Gasman and his brother, whatever his name is, have okay. them, but I'm curious, do you have an
0: iPhone? I do not, John, we both do. I, 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 I keep looking at the monthly service charge so you have G4, and right now I I I can't justify. I'm not justifying that with the stuff I'm doing. So um so my brother dies. Um but he has a Android. But John and both have iPhones because uh, it, it works well for the blind, the verbal.
13: Oh yes, they are, and I think. Yeah. Ago, the Keller Society.
0: It's gotten to the point that most blind people don't even buy a computer. Uh, now they just buy an iPhone and they, they can serve for do things. I don't think I would go that far. I know, but that's, that's a lot of them actually doing that now. Actually, if they haven't bought a computer, they'll buy an iPhone first.
13: Well, the guy that, that uh, does work on my computer... Mm-hmm. sister, she had an iPhone 4, which is way out of date now, Mm -hmm. but she got a new one and gave him her old one. Well, of course, he's got a a 6 Plus, which is the latest thing out at the moment. And uh, he brought it to me, and I played with it some, and I did see that that the thing was usable. However, I've never, uh, what little I've used it is off of the um, Wi-Fi on our computer in
6: mm-hmm.
13: the house. But, um, I can see the use in it, but it will not take voice commands. And I just got fed up with a, even trying to use some things on it. Um
0: well, John, I, I, I've been with them. They, they are using voice commands. Oh, I know they are. Yeah. Uh,
13: even the one he has, uh, you can tell it to do about anything. Yeah. And I think the... Uh, success is supposed to be out in September, and I've pretty much been waiting for that.
6: Uh-huh.
13: I've almost decided to go ahead and and get one. Then I will look into the, to the uh, service plans after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, one thing that I did find it just baffled him. But um, other people that has them may be interested on this this particular. I guess all of them do now, but. Um, they have a, um, app that's FaceTime. Right. So you can see who you're talking to. Correct. Well, I did get, uh, Barbara, a, a, uh, iPad. Uh, maybe three, four months ago. Right. Um, and it was the latest iPad they had. And I called Kevin one day, I said, how can we activate this this um, FaceTime on here? And everything went dead silent. I said, Kevin, I know exactly what you're thinking. But <laughs> this whole situation. <laughs> I said, no, I don't want to look at anybody while I'm talking to them. Could you, act, could you activate it, and then I'll tell you. So he did, and it worked out real good. And I called him back. I said, well, I tried this uh, this FaceTime thing last night. Oh, yeah? And I said, yeah, it really worked great. I could go to the back room and pick up a package, whatever a can or whatever, or, or a package of crackers or whatever it might be, and, Barbara, is this what you want? And she can tell me yes or no, that so-and-so. Uh, she can actually read the package. She can read the can. Um,
0: well, if, Barbara, if Barbara's not around, it's a mobile app that you can have somebody read for you. It's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, popular site for blind people.
13: Oh, there's a lot of things that will go on there that the old phone will not do. Yeah. Yet. That's why I'm looking at the new one. Yeah. But the other issue was if I'm wiring something or up near the ceiling or uh, out in another building right. and I ha- I can't bring it to her and she can't come to it, yeah. I, she can't get up on a ladder and look out and, well, what color is this wire and this wire and this wire? Uh, there's no way. But. Face times in color. So you hold a wire in your hand, hold a thing up to it. What color is that one? What color is that one? She still said to get the house in the kitchen. Uh-huh. So it's got a lot of very useful applications that I guess the average person wouldn't think about.
0: Yeah, like the one with when the blind people love this one that we label and things. Like, 10,000 people signed up in the first couple of hours of the thing. It was just remarkable, you know, with some of these mobile apps. I'll I'll
13: get to that one in a minute, or what I think. Yeah. Um, Another thing this will do, I mean, she can read an envelope to me or an address on a packet. Right. I'm in the shop, she's at the house. Uh, But now back to this. They do have a barcode app that goes on the phone, which I got. Uh, That one is practically unusable. Mm -hmm. I do have one of the barcode readers from Envision America. It's instant. You may have to look for a barcode sometime with it, but most of the time, uh, as soon as it sees it, it'll tell you what it is. But the one on the iPhone 4 is... Practically useless as far as I'm concerned. I think it will do better on the newer ones, but I haven't had a newer one to play with it, so I don't know. And then you've got the, on the newer ones, the, uh, oh heck, what's it called? Um, but it will read printed documents or whatever right. to you. Uh, you just have to get the thing the right distance away and get it level, but they've even got a, um, vibrator on it that will let you know when the phone is level in relation to the paper. And you say, well, yeah, why don't you let it on the paper? But you have to move it back five or six inches so it can see the whole page and it wants to be level. So this thing, uh, the closer and closer you get to, to level, the less it vibrates. And once it quits vibrating, you know it's right on. And then you can take a picture of it and it would read the page to you. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Sure. This, this phone won't do it.
0: Well they've been installing this in a lot of the stores around the country and haven't activated this but eventually what they want to do is get rid of currency uh, and they're using short technology to that way people are paying for items with their phone and then they can do away with the cash register. Mm. Uh, well
13: the capability out there to pay with your phone already exists, however, I'm sure they're going to do a whole lot more with it. I've just, I've really got a problem with linking that to my bank account. Mm -hmm. Um, Too many things go wrong with people hacking stuff. And you could get cleaned out and it wasn't because you bought, well, it is because you bought something, but the something didn't have anything to do with it. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. A real secure process.
0: Um, it's interesting, now they're trying to decide what's going to be the next international currencies, because, uh, companies who have employees around the world are creating their own currency to pay them, and that way they don't have to worry about this exchange rates. Mm. And, they're, they're starting to mess with that. You know, you have the, uh, the Bitcoins, Google's messing with one, Apple's messing with something, uh, So a lot of them, and if if they break the juggernaut of government putting their own currency, that's going to reshape the entire industry.
2: Do you think it's really going to happen?
0: I don't know why they're putting a lot of money and research into it, Patricia. It's almost unfathomable for me to think that they could do it. But in a right?
13: On on the other hand, though, it's got to go back to one central point, Mm -hmm. which is the government. It's still... Whatever your company is, how big it is, whatever, uh, it's still got to come down to a common base somewhere. And it still looks like you've got a problem or the potential of a problem.
0: Well, it's interesting. I was reading you the BBC here a few weeks ago. They were interviewing different third world countries, and most of them are using their iPhones. Can you imagine? A fairly poor country. And all these people running around with an iPhone. I don't get it. But, but no, I don't you,
2: get it either. <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> ask <laughs> me if I have an iPhone.
13: Even worse in this country. I mean, Barbara's got a cousin. And that little kid she babysat for so long, he's five years old, and walking around with a cell phone.
2: Oh, uh, gee, you're <laughs> kidding.
13: No, I'm not kidding. <laughs>
2: you are not joshing me.
13: Nope. And I'm, I'm still
2: having trouble with Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the third world countries, most of them are now not using their own country currency. They're paying the the, the, the merchants are accepting the payment through iPhones.
2: So I uh, I don't know. Patricia, I, don't, I don't get it. I I I have trouble getting my arms around that kind of stuff.
13: Well, I You know, the with big, you know there are experience.
2: babies on the wayside because the mothers just are so exhausted they can't carry the babies anymore. And we're talking, walking around with cell phones. Yeah. Um, iPhones, no.
13: <laughs> oh, I know it and the price of them and everything. And I know prices are coming down on stuff like that. But still, um, you know, you got to pay somebody. And then all the access that people tracking you and everything else through yeah. your phone. You um, and
2: I are on the same track with this privacy thing. Uh, um, I got out. a new credit card from, I think it was Capital One sent out replacement credit cards mm-hmm. for some reason. I have no idea what. And he's saying it's so convenient. It's got this little chip and you just walk past the cash register. I said, and what happens if somebody has it in his pocket and walks right past the cash register? Well, he hadn't quite thought about that. I said, what about the equipment that you can pick up for $59 that will walk past your purse and create a duplicate of your credit card? Well, he had never heard of that. This is the bank calling <laughs> me.
13: I, uh, I mean, I, I'm just beside
2: myself here.
13: I'm sure he has heard about it, Patricia. It's one of those deals. You're not supposed to be asking questions like that.
2: I, he sincerely... I, no.
13: Well,
2: Al- I think he sounded sincere. It, it, you know how you can tell when somebody's really stupefied? This guy was not only stupid, he was stupefied. I couldn't admit... And this was the credit card company.
0: Well, you know, out here... um. The, it's happening at gasoline stations. You know, a lot of times people, oh, gosh, yes. p- a lot of people, put in a credit card to pay for the gas and then take off. Mm-hmm. The these robbers have come up with a device where they stick it in the machine, read the numbers, mm-hmm. and so some of the gasoline stations uh, had to cancel those cards and reissue new cards to
13: us. So, I mean,
2: th- and they'll do it with credit cards, not only company cards. Yeah.
13: That's right. Yeah. And they're doing it all over the country. I mean, they do it around here. Yeah. But you know, people yeah. that claim they never heard of this. They're not even watching TV. They watching you all the time these things.
2: Three years ago, there I found something, just came across it on YouTube, a guy with a razor blade telling people how to get the chip out of their credit cards. Without destroying your
6: credit cards.
2: Well, but um, was- I mean, he, he, he didn't get it. I said, I'm not going to use it. You give me a chip, I'm not going to use it. But uh, well, see, he couldn't get his arms around
0: that. About seven years ago, I went and ran the Spurvac Convention, and I activated a credit card, and there was never no charge. And I had to go pay for the guests of the hotel, $7,000 bill. And so I just getting the, the front desk, and so they charged it. And Saturday morning, we got a call. They want to know, did we authorize somebody buying airline tickets to South America? Oh. (laughs) Naturally, we said no. So they canceled out. They canceled the card. So somebody at the front desk swiped it or something. So you just never know. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I got an email from my credit card company a couple of months ago, one of them anyway, asking if I had attempted to use my card and put this amount on it and it's in a grocery store in Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh,
13: <I laughs> no, that, was that was
2: there. not I who did that. And the only it's one of these little ones. I I keep saying don't increase don't increase because if I lose it, you know, I use it for the for Walgreens and you know just little Mickey Mouse things, but I've got a record of purchases.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: And they tried to put something like $700 on a $1,000 credit card. The students didn't even know how little the credit card was. And, of course, it was refused at the counter. But uh, <laughs> how did somebody in Pennsylvania get my credit card
13: number? Well, I, I think that it's like Walden said, somebody that works somewhere you used it. Has done something in a lot of cases, and I'm sure there's other ways they can get at it too. But you're talking about the guy telling you how to cut the chip out of your card. Mm-hmm. You may as well just shred it, because what use is mm-hmm. the card without the chip in it? You can't use it either.
2: Oh, this—they come with the strips that you can slide through the card reader.
13: I've seen that. But
2: they come with these chips so that you can just walk by the. Cash register and say, zippity doo da, I'm out the door. And I, I, nobody has come up with the question well, if I can do it, how come you can't do it if you've got my card in your wallet?
13: Well, most man. peculiar.
2: Most peculiar. And let me say how. How um, secure the systems are, everybody doesn't have to worry about a thing. But here's your credit card that anybody can use.
0: Uh, t- t- I heard today, you know, today they had a major fire in Las Vegas. And one of the hotels had a major fire. Really? There.
2: I did not know that.
0: And it, uh, okay. it was next, Is it anybody hurt? N- people were burned. It was by the <laughs> swimming pool at, at, at the next to the Blasio. Um... But one guy who interviewed, said, well, next to the command with my wallet and iPhone. That's the I ate up, so I don't have my wallet or my iPhone. And I got thinking, how is that guy going to survive if he's still on vacation and he doesn't have his, you know, ID, his cash money, or his iPhone, yeah. the show? And I guess that, he doesn't that's have it. anything to make a phone call, for right. goodness sake. Right, right. Wow. Thank goodness
2: for the Red Cross. Yeah. Well,
13: you, you know, too, that, they always send you credit cards in the mail.
2: Yep.
3: Now,
6: that mm-hmm. burns
13: me up. <laughs> anybody can take these things out of the mailbox and activate them. Yep. And then you're the one up the creek.
2: Yep. And
13: it I can't tell me
2: it comes in a it, plain white envelope. Well, how many plain white envelopes with a stiff credit card shaped bump <laughs> <laughs> comes through the mail? <laughs> Oh, such dear
13: such a bank I
2: hope they're listening to us tonight,
13: yeah, yeah, but on yeah, you know from such and such a bank or you know capital One or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't really take a genius to figure out what that is,
2: No. so I say it's got a bump in the envelope, and
13: yeah.
2: I'm supposed to watch for a plain white envelope, well, when you take it out of the box, I mean <laughs> it's oh dear.
13: Oh, dear. I, I, well, then fix it. I, I will drop this after one more comment. They've been advertising something locally, and I don't usually order things off TV, but mm-hmm. I ordered one of these just to see what it was. Okay. It was cheap. It has not come yet. I think it's called Card Lock. It is a, I'm sure it's plastic, but it says leather look. But they've got wires woven in it that if you keep your chipped card in this thing, mm-hmm. I read it. Now, I understand Faraday Shields, and that's essentially what they're doing. How good it is, I don't know. But yeah. if you're at a register and you take it out and somebody's within range of a reader, they can still get you. It's just they're not going to do it with you walking by somewhere else with it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. That's assuming this thing works.
2: <laughs> right.
13: But right. it was like $10. For
2: the alternative is to line your wallet with aluminum foil.
13: Exactly. that will. It do. will
2: not penetrate aluminum foil,
13: the readers. Know. Yes.
2: I mean, isn't this terrible? It's just like, you know, something out of a kid's slash Gordon show. Well, if we use aluminum foil, they won't be able to get the rig
0: on well, after we, us. We are here. <laughs> really? I
13: mean...
2: I mean, who have thought uh, that we
0: would be living in the time of Dick Tracy Rich Watch or whatever? I mean, we uh, are Well, right.
13: the local news here has been warning about the same thing with your car keys, your, your uh, remote starter. Yeah. Unlock um, the car and whatever. Uh, your key fob type thing. And you're telling, they're telling everybody to, even at home, to wrap this in fold. I thought to myself. Well, why don't you just take a cookie tin or a candy tin and put it in that? Why go to all that trouble? But they can, can get the information off of that walking by your house.
2: Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I loved the story about the woman who went to the movies with her husband and they were watching the movie and she had put her purse on, the floor in front of her, how stupid can you get? And, of course, somebody swiped her purse, and her keys were in it. And all they had to do was walk through the parking lot, pressing the key until they found, came across the car that chirped, and they got themselves a the car.
13: Exactly. Well. You, you
0: remember what happened to Bill Bragg on his honeymoon? He and Kim went down to San Antonio. No, tell me. He, he, and, Kim went down to, he and Kim went down to San Antonio. And when they arrested someone, Bill forgot his phone. And Bill was a little nervous because he had everybody's addresses and phone contacts. Oh,
2: gee, Bill.
0: <laughs> so, so, so he called his phone, so he picked it up, and he offered them 200 bucks that they would return their phone. And they, they did. Yeah. He was wow. just, you
13: know, you know. He, he was still lucky. <laughs> I agree. A lot of times. Very. Do that.
0: Yeah.
13: But, you know. We've stopped the deal of snatching purses out of the, 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 the buggy at the supermarket right. or whatever store you're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But they got these little spring clips. Uh, most people call them carabiners, and they're not true carabiners, but that's beside the point. Most people know them as that. And one of the rings on Barbara's purse that the strap goes through, you snap one of these things in that ring, in her case she's got two one on each side and when she drops her keys in the purse then she's got to dig and dig and dig to find them so she hooks the key ring into one of them and the other one you snap on to the the wireframe of the buggy and yes somebody could still take it but it takes them longer to do it and we do that all the time now i stay with the buggy while she looks so it's very unlikely but I would take it. We still snap it in. And, of course, mm-hmm. it, she gets in the habit of doing it so that when she is out and I'm not there, uh, she can snap it in there. Now, she don't walk off and leave her buggy sitting somewhere with a pocketbook in it either. But a lot of people do.
0: For people who may not know, there are two new features, I guess, with your cell phone or your iPhone that are pretty handy. One, if you misplace your iPhone... Uh, so you, register, you can call your, you can call a number and it'll tell you where your iPhone's at. So I guess it'll a- activate the GPS system. Uh-huh. And the other one is, if you think your iPhone is stolen, you can call a number and erase everything on your phone.
13: I have heard of that. Yeah. I haven't known anybody that has And then
0: when you find it, what happens? Uh, you're yeah, going to have to probably re-entry everything. I, mean, I don't know you if there's a retrieval. start scratched, wow. I don't know if there's a retrieval, I'm wondering but...
13: wondering, too... There's no
0: undo, huh? I don't know.
13: Do they, they... I wonder if, uh, you know, once a week you couldn't download all this to your computer at home. But I think Patricia got a
0: great... Patricia, we better take that to the bank. Well, well, the undo, but, the undo, you erase it, and then once you get your phone back, sure, put it back. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I it mean, mean when I'm, giddy-wish. I i
2: do not know how a PC works, but if I move something, for example, if I'm taking an MP3 out of one of my files right. and I put it in the wrong place,
7: mm-hmm. I
2: just click on one of the command buttons, and it says undo, and it moves it back to where it was. Mm.
13: But it just looks like, you know, you could plug a cable or even wirelessly uh, download all your data in a more secure Mm -hmm. location, uh, even once a week. Yeah, you're going to lose some stuff, but you wouldn't lose it all. Yeah. I would think there would probably even be an app out there to do that. I haven't looked into it because I haven't had the problem. but I didn't have an iPhone, but still, you understand the point. Sure. Oh, well, now we've solved everything.
0: Hey, we, we might as well go into business and cash in. I think we just come up with a new mobile app. Yeah, right.
2: we, just need to spend, we need to spend $59 and start walking past people in the supermarket.
13: Well, they do have one other thing now. My computer guy's sister locked herself out of the house because she walked out without her keys, and her husband didn't have his either because she was going to be driving. And they were locked outside. Well, he had to go over and get a window open so they could get, get your keys. So he immediately got one of these uh, locator apps and a, and a tricky day to go on her keys so that if she got, you know, X distance away from the keys, the phone would start beeping and I left them. Now if you look at it uh, on the case of a purse or whatever, a briefcase, a laptop mm-hmm. case, whatever. Uh, if you have one of these in your purse or case or whatever, um, you know once you've got ten feet from it or whatever, it's going to alert you immediately. <laughs> um, so
2: you had a babysitter in your briefcase. That's do what? You. you have a babysitter in your briefcase.
13: Well, yes. Whatever you want to put it in. It's so fu- uh, it's so funny. I can see where that would be very useful if that went off you immediately look around and see who's running. And then you
0: mm-hmm. It's so funny when we drive with John and Lori, they're in the during the back seat, push bringing us up on the G P S and they're telling us where we are and how far the restaurant and everything. And when they threw the surprise birthday party this year, the younger brother Kevin refused them. Uh, to look at their phones to figure out where they were, and they drove in circle for 45 minutes, made sure John Boy <laughs> couldn't figure out where they were before they went to the birthday party, the surprise birthday party location, you know.
13: It's more difficult to surprise.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. oh.
7: Indeed. So...
2: Well, Howard, it is always fun to talk with you, and I'm so glad you called in. I was just, you know, I have a handful of people I was thinking of this week, and you were in that handful. So I'm, I'm really delighted to hear from you.
13: you. You can always email. I know you don't make phone calls, but you can email anyway. Yes, I can. So anytime.
2: I will do that. Shame on me for not.
13: Well, I should too, so I can't really say anything. I run across. <laughs> yeah, but I was the one thinking oh, I,
2: of you and hoping you were all right. So, yes, indeed, I should have sent an email.
13: I've run across your email several times, and I still didn't do anything. I thought, well, I'll email her, and I go right on what I'm doing and don't do it. So, I, I can't <laughs> say anything.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> like the Bickersons. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now, John.
13: Yep, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was looking, listening to some Vickersons I think just today, and my goodness, gosh, they were good. They were good.
13: They were, uh, but yeah. I'd hate to have her in my house.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And, and the writer Phil
0: Raps really that. When I had when I sat down and talked to his son, he said, Yeah, that's what mom and dad would like at the middle of the night. So he said it was easy Dear dialogue me. writing.
13: Dear me. <laughs> Dear me. Well, I will try to make my yearly call. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you
2: call you call us more often, please.
13: I will try. Sometimes it seems to be more difficult, but uh I was awake this time and thought maybe I was early enough to beat the closing and uh sure enough and here I am. You
0: did it.
2: Good.
13: And we'll see y'all again.
2: Alright, Harwood. Okay, Harwood. Thank you.
13: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Bye.
2: well, we just
0: got a few more minutes left because uh, they're going to be doing maintenance here on Y-365 throughout the night, starting at around 3 a.m. They're going to be taking stations down with 20-minute intervals and then putting them back up, and I'm assuming they're bringing them back down for the next six and a half hours, so... Uh, if you tune in and wake up in the middle of the night you don't hear anything, uh realize it's that's why.
2: Because there's nothing to hear. That's right. I was going to say something to you and it's out of my head.
0: Well you know the nice hmm. thing you know you know the nice thing about it.
2: Right. It's you a th- surprise when I think <laughs>
0: <laughs> You what? have my you have my number. You can always call me.
2: This is true. I think I was going to add a comment about the Bickerson's. The first time I heard a Bickerson's skit, and it was with Francis Langford and Donna Midge, Yeah. I thought, what a witch. <laughs> and I was so irritated that she wouldn't let this poor guy go to sleep that I missed some of the humor in it. It took at least two more shows before I caught on and got swept up in the humor of it. But the first time I heard it... She irritated me because she wouldn't leave the poor guy alone.
0: I, You know, it takes the right couple to pull that show off,
2: I think. Oh, boy, yes. Oh, boy, yes. You know, Lou Parker was good. Yeah. But he wasn't Don Amici. And I think part of, part of the second best with Lou Parker is because he followed Don Amici. Yeah. There about was it.
0: something to compare his performance to. Don Amisha was a very underrated personality. I agree. You know, if you think about it, he, he won an Oscar here in the 80s. Uh, he was master of ceremony for a lot of the radio shows. A great com- comedian foil, a great leading man in dramas. And, uh-huh. he, and he was Mr. Chicago Radio in the 30s before he ca- ever came to Hollywood. He was, was he
2: really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, yeah.
0: He was the big boy, as to me said. He followed him in three different major roles. Because he mm-hmm. was the man. He was the first-nighter. He was the lead in Chicago. He was the big radio star.
2: Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. It's nice to know.
0: That's what we do here. Justin, I know. I'm
2: say. I know. They had a movie poster auction mm-hmm. this week. And nothing big happened. I'm really quite surprised. Laurel and Hardy did well, and Buster Keaton did well by comparison to everything else. Uh-huh. Buster Keaton, uh, So You Won't Squawk, must have been a World War I movie because right. it looks like he's in a World War I Army uniform. That one, and this is including the buyer's premium, which is, um, heaven only knows how yeah. much. It's yeah. too much. Uh, it was $430. And that was from 1941, so I guess it was uh, World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, the Big Noise, 1944, Laurel and Hardy, $406. Huh. West Side Story, $406. So, you know, nothing, nothing came out big.
0: I guess all the big <inaudible> money was right. on vacation.
2: I don't know. Paleface with Bob Hope? Yeah. 1948,
0: yeah. $286. With like Russell? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a nice poster. Sure. Um, but it it's kind of surprising because of the prices that others have garnered over time.
0: Well, maybe all the money was on vacation.
2: Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Past archives. That's that was this one. So I'm. Ready with your questions, yep. you
0: know? That's what I figured. Like I, I, uh, that's sure, that's why I haven't opened the phone. I just figured it would just be us kids, considering we're sort of winding down everybody, figuring we're waiting.
2: And if we disappear in the middle of the question, it's not our fault.
0: No, and just assuming... Boy, I've
2: done a lot of disappearing tonight,
0: haven't I? Well, you've been good lately, though.
2: Mm-hmm. The mouse at the well? cell. Okay, we have Stump Walden, your brain teaser. I have a million presidential questions, but you may only have one. I have a presidential quote, a first lady quote, and a baseball question.
0: Presidential quote, please.
2: Your presidential quote. This is the center of a larger quote. The The cost of one modern heavy bomber is this. A modern brick school in more than 30 cities. It is two electric power plants, each serving a town of 60,000 population. It is two fine, fully equipped hospitals. It is some 50 miles of concrete pavement. This president was putting the cost of a modern heavy bomber in people terms. Who was it?
0: Right, I came across three names. I'm going to go with my third choice, Jimmy Carter. Lyndon Johnson. No. Richard Nixon.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> it was Dwight Eisenhower.
0: Ah, okay.
2: And really, it it was, I don't ever, I mean, what do I know? I, I mean, I, I don't ever recall hearing that he made these kinds of speeches. Well, remember he must his, have. I mean, an, yeah. an Army General, of course. But
0: Well, remember his his uh his farewell address was to warn everybody of the... Military industrial complex. I don't, I think he. You know. Well,
2: maybe this was part of it. The Could last be. line of what has been wrapped in these quotation marks this is not a way of life at all, in a true sense. Under the cloud of threatening war, it is humanity hanging from a cross of iron. Is there no other world, the way the world may live? Does that sound like his exit speech?
0: Could- could have been. It sounds like, it sounds you know, almost, I've never sat down and heard the whole thing, but yeah. it sounds like it, it could very easily fit.
2: It, it's really quite remarkable. It yeah. begins with every gun that is made, every warship launched, every rocket fired, signifies in the final sense a theft from those who hunger and who are not fed, those who are cold and not clothed. And then it goes on and mm. eventually gets to the cost part. And translates the cost of a heavy bomber into everyday items that people can relate well, to. Well,
0: maybe we have to ask Jim Taylor, a uh, presidential <laughs> historian, about that sometime. Yeah,
2: yeah. But you know, I think we need to start thinking in those terms. I have said for so long, I can't get my arms around a billion dollars. You tell me the government spent a billion dollars on this. I don't know what that means. What well, a good
0: example. A good example is. If you count one two, three, four you know for so every second you you gave a number yeah it, it would take to get to a million it would take you twenty four seven to do it if seven days to to, to get up sure. to a million
2: sure, and that part I understand, yeah. but the buying power of it. Mm-hmm. Had, it has no meaning right. to me when I hear the words one billion dollars. But nowadays, if I knew it would build six hospitals, or it would one provide down. power for mm-hmm. sixty thousand people, I mean, those are terms that I can get my brain around. I understand cool. those terms. I don't understand the billion dollars.
0: Or, or nowadays we talk trillion, billion, trillion dollars.
2: I know. I mean, if I can't under, if I can't get my arms around a million, never mind a billion. It's, what am I going to do? It's all play money. With a trillion. It's all play money. Well, it is, but it still has buying power.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I don't know. I I really think putting it in people terms would it would certainly help me, and I can't possibly be the only person who needs a point of you, reference,
0: you, you, you're, you're, something
2: that's just you, you're, you're, too large for me to understand.
0: You're so unique. That's that's what it's all about.
2: Oh, I am not one of a kind. Please <laughs> do not tell me I am one of a kind.
0: You're special.
2: I'm one of a kind. I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> I'll stay with that. Okay. We've got Stump Walden, brain teaser, presidential question, first lady quote, and your baseball question.
0: My first lady quote, please.
2: Your first lady quote. Never mistake knowledge for wisdom. One helps you make a living, the other helps you make a life. Eleanor? Yes. Yeah. She was such a wise person. Yeah. You know, anytime you get something really smart, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good dice roll to, to use Eleanor Roosevelt on yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Remarkable lady.
2: Very Remarkable myself. lady. Okay. What else?
0: My presidential question.
2: Your presidential question. All right. Which president was wounded during the American Revolution? Everything on the internet is true now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's go with the obvious, George Washington.
2: No. I, you know, That's really interesting. Somebody must have tried to hurt him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can't be a general in war and not have somebody try to hurt you. Of course, everybody who was on the colonial side was, people were trying to hurt them. But would we not have heard about a wound as a really major part of George Washington's history?
0: We would have. Or would we? We would have, maybe.
2: You think so? Yeah. Uh Okay. Well, it wasn't George Washington.
0: (laughs) Well, was it?
2: We have logically and literally crossed him off the list.
0: Was it James Monroe?
2: Yes, it was. Wow. Very good. Very good. It did not say where or, you know. Yeah. So I I have no idea if it was an embarrassment. Mm. But, yes, he he was wounded. Any kind of a wound is a bad thing shame on me for even suggesting otherwise. Okay, what else?
0: My baseball question.
2: Your baseball question, really. Now, I have to I have to do this correctly. Herman Schaefer, who was nicknamed Germany. Herman Schaefer stole first base on August 4th, 1911. He did something that no one else had ever done before. What was it?
0: He stole first base.
2: Yeah, well, he stole first base. I mean, that's a given. But after that, after having stolen the base, he did something extraordinary.
0: He took it home.
2: I think it's very good. Live three sixty five is going to shut it down. No, he did not take it home.
0: Uh, he went and took it to get Babe Ruth to autograph it for him. Nineteen
2: eleven, dear.
0: Um, he went and took it to
2: the. Dear, fo- that was a terrible. Time. I'm sorry. He
0: went and took it to <laughs> the. He went and took it to the Ford. Plant and asking to make a tire rubber thing out of it that he could drive it home.
2: Am, am I to take it? This is the equivalent of I don't know. <laughs> You're so smart. Okay, I'm on target there. I, well, I want to make sure that I have this in proper sequence. Okay. He stole second base, then ran back to first base and got caught in a rundown between first and second, and it was a diversionary tactic because his original intention, and he did it correctly, was that his teammate on third base could run for home while everybody was tangled up with him in between first and second base. Isn't that an incredible ploy? Yeah, very good. Really? I just loved that story. I don't know if it's ever been done again. It must have been. Oh, yeah. They
0: Guys get, they get caught in a run down and they just try to keep it going as long as possible until they can get a run to score. Until get they back. get
2: a run in. Well, he was the first one who ever did it. Well, ever, ever. Mean,
0: I did not know you could steal first base. I wonder when that will change. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, actually, he stole second base.
0: Okay.
2: Would that have been a different set of rules that would have allowed him to do that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, I I think the writer who put together these, you know, the sequence of events that happened here, it said he first stole second base.
6: Okay.
2: Originally, it said he stole first base on August 4th, 1911. Got it. I think he stole second base and then... You know, you know, broke into this routine and right. just took everybody's yeah, attention probably, away. He probably wanted to try to
0: steal third and realized he couldn't do it. He, ran, he got caught in the run, run down, and the guy came home. Be my I, best. Don't, I,
2: I think, according to what I'm reading here, it was a deliberate ploy on his part to get hung up between first and second because at some point in the game he knew he was not going to make it home. You know, it might have been the the last batter, I don't know. But um, he did this deliberately. It it was like a bait-and-switch type thing. Pay attention to me over here. And the guy on third managed to sneak home.
0: You're very good.
2: That was pretty cool. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Right now, we're down to Stump Walden and your brain teaser.
0: Stump Walden.
2: Stump Walden. There was a radio show named Shorty Bell that ran from March 28th to June 27th 1948 what kind of a show what genre
0: was Shorty Bell well it Mickey Rooney who was directed by William Robeson
2: I would say
0: it was sort of a melodrama um, Mm. where you had uh, Mickey wanted to become a writer and basically started to work out uh, in the newspaper industry and became a reporter and tried to write stories
2: I'm going to stick my head in the microwave. <laughs> Not only do you remember it, I had no idea what I was asking you because it's something I got out of John Dunning. I've heard that show.
0: I like the show. We only, and did you recognize
2: it. Shame on me. I even heard it, and I didn't realize it until you started explaining it correctly, I might add. Very good. You Hooray. get two points for that one. Hooray. And that leaves us with your brain teaser perfect okay now you have to pretend here the red house is on the left side Mm -hmm. there's a blue house on the right side Mm -hmm. where is the white house
0: 1600 1600
2: avenue (laughs) that's right very good washington (laughs) dc 1600 pennsylvania avenue very good you got that one right away i usually hang you up on these simple ones
0: i know you're very you good. You overthink about
2: that. them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're very good. Yeah. Well, that's your entire list of questions. You did very well. Oh, thank you, my dear. Well, should we go? I think it's time for us to say goodnight because somebody is going to be out there shutting us down pretty yeah, soon. Yeah.
0: So it's it's, it's it is uh, nine after, almost ten after three in the morning. So Patricia and I are going to sneak off. And John and I are away at barbershop rehearsal tomorrow, so we're going to feature Martin Graham at the top of the show, and we'll see else what happens
2: after that. Very excellent. So, so I have to say good night to everybody. I hope so. Okay, good night everybody. Thank you for spending time with us. It is always such great fun to be with you, and thank you to Major Bill Grime from Toys for Tots for spending time with us tonight. Good night, okay. Walden.
0: Good night, Patricia. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody.
12: JAWS for Windows.